being, all of his, all of his omniscience, what God has, what God has designed for you, what God has, he said, listen, no man can pluck you out of my hand. Never lose hope. I don't get into my message if I'm not real careful here on a bit early. But never lose hope because God has you. God has taken care of you. If you're trusting Him, if you're trusting Him, it's amen over your life. Just thank God for that today. Thank you, praise team. That was a wonderful, wonderful job leading us in worship today. And, and we appreciate them. And uh, I've been bragging on them. I, I brag on them all the time, really. Uh, but I've been bragging on them a lot here lately that God's just been moving and working through them. They have really been on fire in the past, uh, these past months. COVID, COVID is... Uh, uh, has a, so many, much of what COVID brings to us is considered negative, but in some ways I can see that COVID has brought a stirring among the worshipers of God. And, uh, and that is a blessing, uh, uh, you know, amidst the storm, amidst the trial. So go ahead and bring my slide up there, Warren. And, uh, let me, let me give a big shout out right now. Uh, Dave is going back up and, and by the way, you know, uh, you know, he, he does many, many, he wears many hats around the church, but Dave and, and Warren are upstairs and, uh, I want to thank Jonathan that does our, uh, video. We were doing video, uh, Facebook Live before COVID and, but that has really increased. It's really picked up. Uh, since we uh, went through the lockdowns and all like that. But I appreciate people just like these. And Lizzie sometimes, she's not here uh, right now. But uh, she and Stacy and others have been up there and, and been serving in that capacity. And we appreciate all of those people. Speaking of Lizzie. And some of you home, some of you folks may not know who Lizzie is, but Lizzie is part of the Clower family. Dana spent, uh, Dana Clower has spent, um, if my memory serves me correctly, between three and four weeks in ICU at Princeton with COVID. She was on a ventilator. She went through, uh, she went through dialysis. Uh, we've been praying for them. Frankie, her husband was positive. He was not hospitalized. We've been praying for that entire family. Uh, a, a week ago, I think it was, or is this two weeks, Sarah? Do you remember? To, but uh, Dana got to come off the ventilator, and she's in it was put in a step down room. Uh, but here's great news: uh, this past week, Frankie tested negative for COVID nineteen, and this past week, Dana tested COVID for. Positive 19, uh, tested negative for COVID-19. And if she tests negative one more time, she's going to get to move into a rehab unit behind Princeton Hospital. And it will be a whole lot closer on her way coming home. So we thank God. We're believing for another negative test. Amen. And we're just, we're just praising God that our church family is getting better. We have missed them. They, we haven't seen them for nearly, nearly two months now, but we we just believe God is, is going to restore them to fellowship with us here in the family of God. And we're glad to have you here this morning as well. And uh, you are just a fantastic looking congregation this morning. Uh, look at the person next to you, and unless it's inappropriate, look at that person next to you and say, you're looking good. You know. Yeah, you're looking good, because you are. You look good from up here. So we want to welcome you to church today. I want you to turn to the book of Daniel this morning. Classical. This is what I call classical scripture this morning. I'm reading from the New International Wording. But it's classical scripture. Most of us could, most of us could probably, uh, describe or quote this in a, in a, in a, in a paraphrase form anyway, we could, we could share this, this story, this encounter, this recorded. It's not really a story. To me, a story. When I was growing up, my mom was strict. I couldn't say the word lie. Okay? I couldn't say the word liar, lie. I couldn't call somebody a liar. Cause I knew if I did, I understood what lie soap tastes like. Any of y'all ever had your mouth washed out with soap? Say amen. Never had your mouth washed out with soap? I did. You know, uh, and so she taught, my mom taught my sister and myself, you, 
did not call somebody a liar or you did not say they told a lie. You said they told a story or a fib. Okay? So when I hear, when I say, well, this is a story, in my mind, there's a little bit of, of uh, thinking, thought process that says, well, that may not be true if it's a story. But let me tell you, the Word of God is true. And the Word of God is real. And the Word of God is accurate. And this is not just a story, but it's an event that happened in Scripture. Daniel chapter 3. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Let me pause right here. Let me tell you, read the backdrop of this whole story. O king Neb, he got sucked in. He fell to trickery by the people that were under him. He wasn't really such a bad king, but he got sucked in by the crowd. Be careful that you don't get sucked in by the crowd. That's another message in itself. They said to Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither. Somebody said, what's a zither? I think that's actually the precursor to the banjo. The lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And what... Who And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there were some Jews uh, whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is their names. Uh, they, they pay no attention to you, O king. They, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage. Influenced by these naysayers, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I've set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the, the banjo, the lyre, the harps, the pipes, and all kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God, notice the little g, then what God will be Shadrach Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able. I want you to think about that. The God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand. I want you to note that. He will rescue us from your hand. But, but, even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. I want to preach to you uh, uh, this message that I've, I've, I couldn't come up with a catchy phrase for it, so I just call it, Implicity, unequivocally, absolutely, and without reservation. Okay? And, and when you read, look at those words, they're all, almost synonyms, they're almost synonymous one to another. We, you and I, most of us in this room, and many of the people that are watching or listening this morning, we've heard so many messages about God's anointing and God's power. Sometimes I, I think that we maybe fail to realize or to recognize God's anointing and God's power as he's working and moving. One, one time many years ago I was teaching a class and, and as I was teaching a class on, uh, on the anointing, some woman, uh, lady spoke up in the class and she said, oh, I know how to tell when the anointing is working. I said, how do you know that? She said, because people's lips really turn white. But sometimes God's anointing is working when we don't even know it. 
We've heard of the miracle working power of God, the wonderful power in the blood. We've heard of the healing power that by His stripes we are healed. We have heard by the providing power that He is Jehovah Jireh. We have heard of the power of deliverance that through the, through the rain, the snow, through the fire that we're preaching about this morning, through the mouths of lions, God is able to deliver us. We've heard those messages. We've heard those Sunday school lessons. We've talked about that in life groups. We've, we've witnessed that one to another. But sometimes, you know, I, when I listen and I, I hear us as believers, as Christian people, it's almost like that we take it for granted. And, and I'm not here to oppose uh, other doctrines. I'm not here because I think there's there are other doctrines that we may not be exactly in agreement with, but they, they still have a good core biblical principle. But sometimes we we take it for granted that just because that just because that we've heard it or just because we've said it or just because we've been taught it, that, that every time that we're sick, that God is going to heal us. And every time there's a financial need, that God is going to meet that financial need by giving us the finances or the opportunity for finances. We, we take it for granted that every time a prison door slams shut, that God is going to open that prison door. We take it for granted that every time a marriage is broken, that God is just going to come along and He's going to fix us. But, but, but understand this. There are times, it's evident, uh, you know, it's, it's something we can look at and we, uh, common sense tells us these things and we're aware of these things. Sometimes God just simply doesn't heal us in the way that we think we're going to be healed. Sometimes God doesn't remove the cancer. Sometimes God doesn't remove the disease. Sometimes God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't bring the, 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 the main halt limb back into, uh, fullness. Sometimes God God doesn't come through with that miracle quite like we think He's going to come through with the miracle. Sometimes God doesn't repair the broken home. Sometimes God doesn't doesn't straighten our kids out. Sometimes God doesn't provide that financial relief with a check in the mailbox that we weren't expected. Sometimes God just does not work things out quite like we anticipate and expect that he's going to do. Have I ever been disappointed in the way that God has worked things out? I can't rightfully say, shouldn't say that I'm disappointed in God, but sometimes I've been disappointed in the way that he worked things out. But I have to be reminded that he works all things for my good. Because I love and serve Him. I have to realize that He is the God that knows more about tomorrow than I know about yesterday. And I know a little bit about yesterday because I live it. But God is eternal and He knows everything. In reality, there is no future with God because He is the future. So my question is today is one that is not really probably going to be popular and, and it's probably not often given much consideration but nonetheless I want to ask you a question or two I want you to answer this in your own mind in your own heart what will you do how will you react when you go to God and you ask and you begin to petition him what are you going to do if his answer is no or what are you going to do if you don't see an answer at all. What are you going to do if God does not deliver you? At least in your mindset of deliverance. What are you going to do? What am I going to do if God doesn't heal me in my mindset of healing? What, what am I going to do? How am I going to respond to all of that? Now listen to me. Uh, disclaimer here. I know that God can and does heal. I know that God can and does put homes back together. I know He can and does provide for financial needs. I know God can and does do anything and all things according to His will and purpose. But what if He doesn't? What if He doesn't? What if He doesn't? 
I go back over these last two Sundays as I preach. I preach about the little canary, the little Tweety bird named Elvis, uh, two weeks ago. How Elvis got, he got sucked up. He got, he, he, he got buried up in the dirt. He got sucked up. He got washed up. And then he got blew up. His day went haywire in a matter of a few minutes, but yet his song came back. And I, and I, as I touched on that, I mentioned how Job, Job in just a few short verses, not even a whole chapter, just a few short verses. Job had everything that he had was lost. Was it taken away? Was it removed from him? God said, he, he gave Satan permission. He said, you can do whatever you want to do, but short of taking his life. Job lost everything, even his health. And, and, and Job still said, listen, I came into this world with nothing. I will leave this world with nothing. But he said, I will still serve you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So even when God says no, even when God doesn't give us an answer, even when God doesn't do what we're asking to do, we still are called to trust Him. I know that God can, but if He doesn't, I still need to serve Him. I know that God will, but if He doesn't, I still need to trust Him. I know that because God is God, and He is faithful. There is none other in the world that can use the word faithful as their surname, if you would, other than God. He is faithful. Faithful God, Yahweh. He is the Lord that we can trust no matter what comes, no matter what goes. You know, I, my, my dad's of that age now and that he was requiring quite a bit of help around uh, doing things around his house. He still got he still got his, most of his motor skills, and he still drives. Uh, he runs into things, but he still drives. Okay, uh, uh, and, and but I can remember I'm, I, I go out and I mow my dad's place, and my dad's place it's in Virginia, but I believe it washed out of West Virginia because you're either going uphill or downhill when you're on my dad's place. No level, no level part on, on dad's yard, you know, it's about, and so, so he's got this John Deere now, and, and, and I, I, I go straight up and straight down on that John Deere, you know, when I, when I get to mowing. So, but, but I, I was reminiscing, uh, I was reminiscing a few weeks, a week before last, last week when I was mowing. And I begin to think about how that my dad, and what made me think of it is because I had a granddaughter that wanted to help me mow. So I've got my granddaughter helping me mow, and she said, oh, she said, Pa, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, she said, I'm afraid to get over there on that bank. She said, you don't have to do that. I'm afraid it's going to turn over. And I'm saying, no, no, you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's not going to turn over. You know, you got to trust me. She said, no, I don't. I don't trust you, Pa. I'm going to let you mow. And she got off. She cut the John Deere off and left it for me. But I can remember when I was a kid, about her age, and I was mowing, and my dad had bought this little, much smaller, little bitty wheel horse riding lawnmower. And my dad, he said, son, what I'm going to do, he said, I'm going to walk along on the upper side of the mower, and I'm going to hold it down for you to mow so it don't turn over and you roll down the hill. And I, I can remember being a very nervous young man in doing that, but I did do it. You know why I did it? Because I trusted my my father. I trusted my father. Now, did I ever have an incident or an accident on the hillside with a mower? I did. I did. Thank God it didn't hurt me. But it wasn't because my father let me down. It's because I attempted to do what I felt like needed to be done and left my dad out. If you get my drift. You see... But God has great intentions for us. He wants us. He, 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 here's, here's a, here's some, it's a simple statement to make. But I know God can, but if He doesn't, I'll still serve Him. It's a simple statement to make, but it says so much character about these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because what they said is, we know God is able to deliver us out of the fiery furnace. We know that God can send angels from heaven to bear us up out of this crowd. We know that God can kill each and every one of you persecutors of our life if He chose to. We know that God had opened up the dead 
steps of the Red Sea. Our forefathers could walk through it on dry ground. We know that it's no problem for him to deal with this little measly furnace. We know that our God is able to deliver us, O King. But we also know if he chooses not to, that we can still trust him. You see, a lot of times people begin to distrust God just because things don't work out the way they want them to work out. They do. We all have to guard our hearts against that. So, understand with me, they begin to make this proclamation to Nebuchadnezzar before they ever knew the outcome. You see, sometimes it's easy for us, after everything's said and done, it's easy for us to say, well, yeah, I knew I was, I knew all the time I was going to trust the Lord. But you see, they had that trust going into it. It was a blind trust. It was a trust that they knew. They, but they made a commitment. They said, we're not bound to graven images. We're not going to serve your gods. We'll never forsake our experience with Yahweh. We will never turn our backs on our God. Listen. You and I, here, here's the reality of it. I, I, I mentioned this last week. That oftentimes, that I, I look at our lives, my life included, and we're planning on, we, we live our lives like we're planning on living in this dimension of life forever. We do. We really, really do. We, we you look around, we've got, we, you know, we're, we're, you know. Any of y'all ever watch that show, Hoarding? Yeah. I believe I got some of my kin people need to be on that show. None of you all though, right? None of you all. None of you all. Yeah, but, 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 uh, uh, you know, we, we're heaping up stuff and we're building up stuff and I'm not preaching that it's wrong to have stuff. I'm not preaching that it's wrong to be frugal. I'm not preaching that it's wrong to, to, to accumulate, uh, for retirement someday. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is when I look around, I see a society of people that are living their life like they're going to live here in this dimension, in this world forever and ever and ever. And listen, my dad's 90. He'll be 90 tomorrow. And I aggravate him all the time because y'all that know me know I love to pick. And I keep telling him, I said, Daddy, you don't live to be 102. He says, I hope not. He said, I done live too long. He said, my brother, my older brother, Bob, he used to say that everybody ought to die when they're 65 because after that, they're too old for anything. He said, so I done live way too long. But the reality of it, the reality of it is, none of us know how long we're going to live. None of us know in the next five minutes of time, our anybody's life in this room could change dramatically. In the next, we 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 had a, a person where we heard of, we were acquainted with some of the family that just a young man, a middle-aged man that that just was walking. The report I received was walking through the living room of his house earlier in the week last week, and he just fell to the floor and he was dead when he hit the floor. Had no idea anything was going on in his life. You see, in five minutes of time, things can change. In five minutes of time, all it takes, you know. I, I, I was, I, my uncle, my one uncle yesterday, he he was a professional truck driver. He's now close to, he's 88 or 89 years old. But, but, no, I'm sorry, truck drivers, it's just what he said. He said, these truck drivers today, he said, they're crazy. He said, they don't know how to drive trucks. He said, they don't respect one another. They don't respect the road. He, he said, he said, they're, they're gonna, he said, in a, just a split second of time, he said, a tire can blow out and they can wreck and they can kill, kill families, several people. But we buzz down the road like we own it. We, we, we buzz down the road like we're just determined that we, we know we're going to reach our destination. But the reality of it is, things can change in a hurry. Things can change quickly in our life. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I love that old song that says, I don't know who holds tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. Many things about tomorrow that I don't know. In fact, I'll be very frank with you. I don't really know anything about tomorrow. Now, I know tomorrow is Monday, and I know there's things that I've already got marked out that I that I need to accomplish on Monday. I know Tuesday, Tuesday is... Man, little wifey's got an anniversary Tuesday, and she's proud of me because I remembered it. And I asked her, said something to her yesterday about Tuesday. She said, what's Tuesday? 
us in our anniversary. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I've got things marked out, and I've got things I'm looking forward to. we got things marked out on the calendar we'll look at before we leave this morning here at the church. But the reality of it is, the reality of it is, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what tomorrow brings. But we can very much so grasp hold of the hand that holds on to tomorrow and trust that hand to take care of us and abide with us and oversee whatever tomorrow holds. I don't know if God's going to heal me or not, but I'm going to trust Him. I don't know if He's going to deliver me or not, but I will trust Him. I don't know if He's going to meet my financial need, but I'll trust Him. Listen to this. Listen to this. Just in case He doesn't know, I want the devil to know this one more time. I know God is able, but if He doesn't, I'll still worship Him. That's what Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego said. I know God's able, but if He doesn't, I'm still will worship him. I know can he can, but if not, I will still serve him. They were saying if I die in the furnace that's okay, because my God has still delivered me out of your hand, Nebuchadnezzar. But if he wants to, he can deliver me, but if he don't, if we cook up and we siskebob us, I'm okay too, because I'm going to wake up in the presence of the one who died for me. I'm going to wake up in the presence of the one that loved me enough that He gave His only begotten Son that order that I might be saved. If I don't make it through this trial, if I don't make it through this test, everything's still going to be alright because I love my Lord, I love my God, and He loved me before I even loved Him. So what happens is, in the absence of understanding, I had to highlight this for my own self. In the absence of understanding, the only thing that we really can do is keep trusting God. In the absence of understanding, I continue to trust God. Why did things work out this way? Why did things happen another way? Why, what, what happened? I, I, I can't, you I was talking to a friend uh, the other night that lost his wife. And as I was talking to his wife, he said, I just don't understand. He said, I don't understand how, how she, he, he found his wife deceased in the bed. He said, I don't understand. He said, we, we, he said, before we went to bed, he said, we were happy. We were laughing. We were talking. We were, we were just having a good old time. Had a great dinner. He said, and I, I can't believe when I woke up, she was, she was dead. He said, I I don't understand. And and let me tell you, there's many things. There's so many things about life I don't understand. There's so many things that you don't understand, if you'll be honest with it. You don't understand. You can't, you don't have the answers to the question. And you're wondering why God never has shown you. You're wondering why God didn't show up. You're wondering why God didn't intervene. Here's, here's what I've got for you. Here's the solution. Just keep on trusting God. Just keep on putting your dependency on Him. Just keep on casting your cares and your troubles on Him because He is faithful. And as we do that, we are mustering up faith. We are working on faith. We are letting faith arise in us. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Hebrew writer said, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Faith here in Hebrews comes from the word pastus, which is in one of its meanings is Confidence, complete confidence or trust. Now I want to tell you something. I've got a friend of mine. He said, I don't trust nobody. He said, I don't really trust nobody. Now, I trust you all. You all trust me. But it's limited. You'll trust me a little ways. But they'll come to a point in a circumstance that you won't trust me anymore. Even, even if I haven't broken your trust, you know. Come up here, Billy. Come up here, Billy Black. Alright. I want you to turn and look that way. I want you to turn and look that way. Close your eyes, Billy Black. 
Now, you got your eyes closed? Can you hear me? Can you see me? Don't open your eyes. Can you see me? <laughs> Alright, here's what I want you to do. You trust me? Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just, on this hard concrete floor, I just want you to fall backwards right now. Don't look. No, 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 look. Don't look. I just want you to fall backwards right now. Just fall. Just fall. <laughs> he didn't really fall, fall. That's okay, Billy. Thank y'all. Thank you. Listen. He was beginning to question. He was beginning to shake his head. His nose was getting all wrinkled up. He was wanting to open his eyes and know what was over his shoulder. He had, he had, he had some trust, but he didn't have complete trust. Okay? Understand, the, the, the faith that, the faith that is spoken about in, in the book of Hebrews, the scripture that I read to you, it's a faith that is, is, is a faith that is without limits. It's a trust that is without limits. That, that if God says, God says, go through the fire, that we can go through the fire and we're comfortable and, and we're confident if, 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 even if we're not comfortable, we're confident that God's going to bring us through the fire. We're confident that God will bring us through the lines then. We're confident that God will break us through the Red Sea. He's going to hold those waters back until we get all the way through. We're confident that no matter what's happening in our lives, that God is going to see us through. You see, the faith that we need in God is a confident trust in God that even when we ordinarily would want to doubt, that we have such, we accumulate such a faith and such a trust in God that we say, Lord, you can have it. We're not going to bow. We're not going to give honor to some golden statue and to some king that's been influenced by his not head peers but Lord we are going to trust you we're going to give our all and all to you and he if we go into the fire our God is able to deliver us but if he doesn't deliver us we're still okay because we're not in your hand because he's got better things for us than lay on this side of the furnace So what happens to us is, we say, God, I don't really like this valley that I'm going through. Valleys are not fun. Fiery furnaces are not fun. Lion's dens are not fun. You know, sometimes people make it out like that, you know, that, that, you know, uh, you know, it was, it was a happy holiday type. You know, those, those things are not fun. Being tortured, being beheaded for the cause of Christ. Being crucified upside down. Those things were not fun at all. But, but here's the reality. The, 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 the things that we go through. The, very few of us probably suffer actual persecution for Christ. But the valleys, the stuff that we go through, we trust God for it. The storms that we go through, we trust God for it. You know, I have to say, God, I don't like the trial that I'm going through, but I'm going to trust you for, I'm going to trust you through it. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to not, I'm not going to refuse. I'm I don't give up. I refuse to give up. God, I'm hanging on to you. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David knew that he was going through. And you and I have to have such a trust that we realize and know with confidence that we're going through. And we have to look beyond this dimension of life. If you live to be uh, a friend of us talking yesterday out at the, my dad's birthday party, said his granddaddy lived to be 106 years old. There's a woman that lives this down the road from Sarah and I. She's 105 years old now. You can live to be 105, 106 years old, but listen to me. This life is still temporary at the most. It is temporary. Eternity is before us. Eternity is what we strive for. Eternity is our goal. And we reach that place by having faith in God. So even if it doesn't happen, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to cast my dependency upon you. And here's here's the thing. I'm old enough to know 
that every one of you in this room, every one of you watching by Facebook Live, every one of you that's listening by EV Radio or later, if you listen to this by a podcast, here's, here's what I do know. Every single one of us in this room have, is, or will be going through something that you're not sure you're going to make it through. I've been preaching this. This is my third Sunday preaching down this vein, down this thread. Let me tell you something. Don't give up hope and don't lose faith because you are going to make it through. You know, the furnace was heated seven times hotter, which was pretty hot. More likely it was some type of smelting furnace. So that was pretty hot. Ordinarily, it would have been uh, almost like they they instantly would have been consumed. In fact, we find there that that, that actually occurred at the, when the furnace was opened. Those guys could have been instantly consumed, but they weren't. But if they had been, everything was still good. Everything was still okay. Because God was still faithful. God, God, and, and they understood that faithfulness of God. Sometimes you and I forget about that. Sometimes we forget about it. Because maybe, maybe we've been praying about this thing for several months. Maybe we've been praying about it for years. Maybe, maybe we've just been, been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. We're waiting on that next doctor's report to come. We're waiting, we're waiting on the, the next phone call to come to, to tell us so and so has been found that's been missing for, for years and years. We're waiting for restoration. Whatever the case may be, we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and I, I've been waiting and, and our patients are waxing tired. We're getting tired of waiting. We're getting tired. But listen to me. Always allow your faith to exceed your ability to have patience. Always allow faith. Faith will trump over patience every time as a Christian. Because you may wait. I, I, I probably won't tell this story exactly right, but the concept of it I'll get across. There was a, there was, and, and this is a true story. There was a fellow that that had prayed for many years. He was an older fellow. He was an older fellow. He died late. He died many years. But his entire life, his Christian life, he prayed for his kids to be every one of his kids to be saved. He prayed for every one of his kids to be saved. He never gave up on God. Even up until the time of his passing, he still said, God is saving my children. God is saving my children. And I'm not talking about this, the foolishness of easy believing it is. I'm just talking about a man that had faith. He said, God is saving my children. God is saving my children. He never gave up on that. And he said, he said, before I'm put in my grave, every one of my children will be saved. And he died. He died. And at that man's funeral, his one wayward son, Gave his heart and his life to Jesus. Did you catch when that happened? During the funeral, that one wayward son gave his heart and his life to Jesus. Just a few minutes before his dear old dad was put in his grave. You see, God was faithful to the prayers of the man of God. God was faithful to honor him. He would have no doubt liked to have seen his son saved. In this dimension of life, he didn't get to see that. And I, I you know, I don't get into the cloud stuff and all like that. But, but, I, but I want to tell you, regardless of how much or how little or if anything that that dad knew about it in that moment, I can tell you this. God was faithful to answer the prayer. And God will be faithful to you. I want you right now just to bow your heads with me in this place. And if you're here this morning and you're just, you've been waiting a long time. 
You've been waiting on that answer. You've been waiting on something in your life to get fixed. You've been waiting on something to... Uh, maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a finance issue. Maybe it's a relationship. It could be, it could be anything, really. Anything. But you've been waiting. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And quite frankly, you, you just really have wondered, is God even going to be faithful to help me? If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand right now. Nobody's looking around. Thank you. Are there, are there others in the room? Thank you. Thank you. Number, number of hands have gone up anymore. I'm just, I'm just wondering if God is ever going to really show up. Listen to me. Look up this way at me right now. I want to tell you something about a fellow named Paul. Paul prayed three times. He said, Lord, he said, would you relieve me from this thorn that's in my flesh? Now, personally, my, 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 my interpretation of that scripture, nobody really knows what the thorn was. Some, somebody, some, many people believe it was his eyesight and it could have very well been. It could have been some kind of physical affliction on his body. Some believe it was a relational issue that he had had with people. Could have been. Uh, but, but here's the thing. I, I believe, I believe in God in all of his infinite wisdom. He, and he was very intentional in leaving it an unknown. Paul said, I just got a thorn in my flesh. Let me tell you, a thorn in flesh could be anything in the world. And whatever is going on in your life, the thorn in the flesh. That that could be the thorn. Whatever the thorn. Paul prayed, prayed, and prayed. Three times he prayed. And God said to him, listen, Paul, you don't need to understand. I'm not going to pull it out. I'm not going to remove it. But he said, but one thing I will tell you. My grace is sufficient for you. Three times. My grace is sufficient for you. And whatever you're going through, I'm not going to stand here this morning and tell you it's instantaneously going to be fixed because you have faith. But what I can tell you is whether you burn in the fire or whether you come out, God is still faithful. I'm here to tell you this morning that the thorn in the flesh, it may be buried deep, but God is still faithful and God is still merciful. All He's asking you for this morning is your trust. Your trust. Your trust. So right now, I don't ask everybody in this room, if you're able, I don't ask you to stand to your feet with me. And this is what I want you to do right now. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to single out those that raise their hand for, with a need this morning, so I'm going to invite everybody in this room. Right now, I want us to, to raise our hands before the Lord as the universal sign of surrender. You know, uh, I don't know if you any saw some of those little funny things that some of these uh, comedians have put out. You know, some people worship like this. You know, if, listen, somebody, if somebody, if somebody pulls a gun on me, I'm not going to go, oh, I'm not going to go, I'm probably going to do this. I don't surrender. I fully surrender. Right now, I want us to begin to say, they sing Amen one more time. We're going to fully surrender. I want you to submit. I want you to release yourself, everything that you have to God. God, right now, I surrender all to you. No matter how hot the furnace, no matter how mean the lions, no matter how dark the valley, how long it is, no matter, Lord God, how, 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 how festered the thorn in my flesh is, God, I surrender to you. I will trust you. I will worship you. I know that there is more to this life than right now. I know there's more to this life, this life in you than what I'm experiencing. So God, I choose to trust you. I choose to bless you. I choose to worship you. Right now, today, I surrender all. I surrender all to you, God. Lord, let faith, let faith, Lord, let faith arise in me. No doubting. No room for doubting. No room for unbelief. No room, Lord God, for, for, for Lord, to look over my shoulder. But God, I am going to trust you, Lord God, in everything. I'm going to dedicate it to you, Lord. And right now, listen, church, right now, 
I want you, if you don't feel comfortable naming out loud, at least under the whisper of your breath, you begin to declare what the weight, the problem, the difficulty that is burning you down. Right now, I want you to declare it before the Lord that you are going to trust Him in it. If it's a, if it's a hard-headed child, say, God, I'm going to trust you with my child. If it's a, if it's a knuckle-headed husband, you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my husband. If it's your, if it's your marriage, if it's your finances, if it's your job, what if it's your health, I begin, want you to right now just to announce to God, make a declaration. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with my family. I'm going to trust you with my marriage. I'm going to trust you with my children. I'm going to trust you with my checkbook. I'm going to trust you with my job. I'm going to trust you, Lord, with, with, with everything there is in me. God, I'm releasing it to you right now. Somebody in this place ought to be about ready to shout right now. Somebody ought to be ready to rejoice because you are giving it to God in this house right now. Lord, we just bless you. We worship you. We honor you, Lord. You are worthy, God. You are worthy. You are worthy in this house. You are worthy in this place. Oh, Lord, you are worthy. Amen. Lord, we thank you today. We worship you today, Lord. We worship you today, Lord. We bless you today, Lord. We give it all to you, Jesus. We give it all to you, Lord. Amen. 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 All confidence. All understanding, Lord. It's all in your hands. Let me tell you. God chose to bring Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego out of that furnace. We know that story. Most of us. And God may bring you out of your, out of your furnace. That's His will. If not, His grace is sufficient. But either way, whether you're, whether you're operating in His grace or you experience His mercy, as he brought you out of the furnace. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. When you don't feel like it, praise him. When you don't see it, praise him. When, when, when you can't hear it, when you can't hear it, praise him. When, 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 when you see no end to, there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I come, to, I come through those those two tunnels, the two sets of tunnels, I come through them multiple times a week. Let me tell you something, the, the difference in coming through those tunnels, East River Tunnel, check this out next time you go through them if you've never paid any attention. Walker Mountain Tunnel is the shortest tunnel, but it's the one that always backs up. On a Sunday evening like this evening, probably here a little bit later, it'll be backed up from Walker Mountain Tunnel all the way into the town of Withfield. East River Tunnel won't do that. But East River Tunnel is considerably longer. So I, I asked some of the people that work at the, the tunnels, and I, I asked them, I said, can you all explain? Do you all have any idea why that happened? They said, sure we do. They said, when you go through East River Tunnel, if you will mark, if you will watch East River Tunnel, when you enter it from either direction, you can see a glimmer of light at either end. In other words, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, do you realize for people coming north, the light at the end of the tunnel is West Virginia? Some of y'all will get that later. But when you go through Walker Mountain Tunnel, Walker Mountain Tunnel is built on an arch. Pay attention next time you go through it. When you go into Walker Mountain Tunnel, you cannot see daylight until you crest over the arch. So their theory is... People panic. They'll, in Walker Tunnel, they'll slow down to 30 mile an hour. Scared to death, especially if they got Ohio plates. 
But the theory is it's because they can't see light at the end of the tunnel. They're fearful of the unknown. Listen, don't be fearful of the unknown. Because God has already disclosed as much of the unknown as we'll ever need to know right here. And I know I can trust Him and I can depend on Him. If you'll just take a seat just for a second. Go ahead and bring up the announcements, Warren. Sarah and I have to get out rather quickly this afternoon. We've got to go to Pulaski to a funeral for one of our pastors. Lost his wife the other day that I mentioned earlier. So thank you if we if we don't get to spend much time chatting with you after service. Thank you for understanding. Here's some things coming up. Blood drive this past week was a success. We had 28 donors. We collected 26 usable units out of those 28. And that comes to 78 lives that will be touched by the blood donations that were given. And I want to tell you, Voice of Praise family, you all made a good representation. Good help too. Thank you all for doing that. They're already after us to do another one, but we'll 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 see. We'll we'll look at the calendar and see how that works out. Listen, coming up, coming up in uh a couple more weeks, we are going to relaunch Kids Men, Kids Ministries. We are doing nursery ages 0 to 23 months that we need some nursery volunteers. We need some nursery workers. We're something brand new is going to be toddlers church ages 2 to 5 years old. And then we're doing kids church ages 6 to 11. Uh, that begins Sunday, September 13th at during the 1045 service. So uh, we, we, we hopefully we've got a lot of new processes and, and procedures that we're going to have to keep our children as well and keep them as, as I'm not really supposed to use the word safe according to lawyers, but safe as possible. We are doing background checks on all of those that are helping with children and we are going to have hand sanitizer stations in the rooms and uh, we are doing our best setting. Haley's been working hard and Chase and they're setting protocol for children's ministry. So keep that in mind. Adults, we do need your help in nurseries. Uh, in the nursery area, see Miss Haley and she'll get you signed up. Christmas, I don't know why it's messing. These things look right on my computer and I get on the screen and they're all messed up. Cast for the Christmas play is needed. If you're interested in being in the Christmas play, see Pam Browning right behind me. And uh, it's that time of year. How many weeks till Christmas, Sarah? She usually... 16 weeks till Christmas. Do your shopping early. So Wednesday night, we're still doing live. Uh, we're doing Wednesday night live. Facebook, Facebook live. Join us at 6.30. Tuesday night testimony. Uh, this Tuesday night, we're scheduled to have Dave. Dave, is, uh, Dave, and I don't know if he's including Alicia in this or not, but we're, they're going to share how God brought them miracles that God did for them and their businesses through the COVID pandemic. We've been having some audio issues. Hopefully, we're working towards getting that, that improved upon. Mission Sunday is next week, so don't forget about that. Bring your missions offering. You've been so faithful to keep it throughout the summer. We're getting on the home stretch now, so we thank you so much for maintaining that missions offering. Thank you for being here today. We love you guys.